It's the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Kyle Krabs here, host of Locked On NFL Scouting. Join Joe Marino and me every day as we provide position-by-position analysis of the upcoming NFL Draft. Check out the Locked On NFL Scouting podcast with the Draft Dudes on YouTube or wherever you listen to your favorite podcasts. Everybody's talking Carson Wentz at the league meetings in Miami. A new stadium deal has been reached in the National Football League and more advancements potentially coming for Washington's new stadium deal. And we get into another mock draft and an NFL draft question from one Commanders fan right now on the Locked On Commanders podcast. You are Locked On Commanders, your daily podcast on the Washington Commanders. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome in, Commanders fans, to the Locked On Commanders podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. We are your daily podcast covering the Washington Commanders, free and available on all platforms, including YouTube. And we thank you for making us your first listen every single day or your first watch of the day for joining us over on YouTube. I'm David Harrison, covering your Commanders for Sports Illustrated's Fan Nation. My co-host, Chris Russell, the Rooster, one half of the Russell and Matt Her show on the Team 980. Find Chris and Pete there Monday through Friday from 3 to 7 p.m. Eastern or anytime along with this show on the Odyssey app. When we're not there or here, we're on Twitter at dharrison82, at russellmania621, and at LO Commanders. Once again, we thank you for making us your first listener view every single day. NFL owners meetings are underway at the Breakers Resort in Miami, Florida. What a tough, tough week of work it must be, Chris, for those guys. But hey, look, to to the victor go the spoils, right? And, and that's what you get when you work for a multi-billion dollar entertainment uh, industry that only has 32 franchises. Ron Rivera will speak to the media at large on Tuesday morning. So Chris Russell should have some nice updates from that for you on our next episode. Uh, Chris will do that on the next episode. Like I said, Rivera did speak, however, to Judy Batista of NFL Network, essentially repeating his his nonstop mantra so far of uh, identifying three players, Darius Leonard, Jonathan Taylor, and another one, some coaches who was, he was spoken to after the trade for Carson Wentz saying that he feels totally comfortable with Carson Wentz at quarterback, despite all of the questions that he very clearly said, Chris, the questions are out here, not in there, and not with about 40 to 50% of the fan base either. Yeah, I think it's convenient that he just keeps, you know, look, I, let, let me just be honest. I like Ron. I think Ron's a good guy, but Ron's yeah. also a politician, right? Well, Most NFL he has to be, yeah, absolutely. I mean, David, you know, you cover Bruce Arians, right? Yeah. I mean, Bruce's a little bit of a politician too, oh, yeah. right? He's going to tell you what you want to hear. I covered Mike Shanahan every day for four years, okay? Um, every day. And I mean, 24 hours a day, seven days a week. I, I mean, yeah. I had more Mike Shanahan than I knew what to do with. It was coming out of my ears. And and Mike, I love Mike. Great guy. Yeah. Politician. Right. Jay Gruden, great guy. Politician. Uh, maybe not as polished as Mike and Ron and maybe Bruce, but you get the point. They're all yeah. politicians, right? We Except all for Mike McDaniel in Miami. He might be <laughs> the only non-politician right now. Well, you know, it's, it's funny that you mentioned that because I also covered Mike, but I also uh, did some other things with Mike that maybe <laughs> <laughs> that I probably shouldn't talk about on this podcast. We'll leave those off the show for right now. <laughs> but we had some good times. Let's put it that way. Uh, uh, back in the younger days, right? Uh, and 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 Mike's my guy. I love Mike McDaniel. Uh, love Mike McDaniel. Uh, but anyway, look, nothing that Ron says at this point should surprise us, and nothing that Ron says at this point is going to make me not have a rational concern or 
uncomfortableness, if you will. Yeah. Um, David, I, I would just say this. Like he can say whatever he wants. I could believe and I could talk to people that I want and believe what I want. Doesn't mean I'm right. Doesn't mean he's right. I mean, I guess we'll find out together ultimately, right? We will find right. out together. But here's the one thing that I would say. Ron has said, you have questions. I don't. I, I've done this. I've done that. Well, first of all, he talked to a bunch of these guys, the coaches, after the trade was made. So you you weren't reversing the trade. The no. trade was made already, number one. Number two, if he doesn't have reasonable concerns, reasonable questions, what are we doing here? Yeah, that, no, you know what? That's, that's absolutely true. And what Ron might be saying, so up front, He's 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 shooting out support for his quarterback, right? Which is exactly what he has to do, which is exactly what he should be doing as an NFL head coach. He should be supporting his quarterback. So I don't blame him for doing that whatsoever. What he might mean by saying he doesn't have any questions are all out here is because he's already asked the questions and he already knows the answers. He's not saying we're wrong about everything. He's not saying our concerns are completely unfounded. He's just saying he doesn't have any questions because he's got all the answers, Chris. Yeah, he may sure know he what he's getting himself into. Yeah. But look. At the end of the day, all of these, some of our listeners, some of our, our viewers uh, who call us out on a routine basis saying that we're just being negative for the sake of being negative. <laughs> I wish that were the case because we could easily change it. I would, I want nothing more than to be wrong about all concerns right. I have about Carson Wentz being quarterback on this team. And look, I've been doing some more writing. I've been doing some more research. And that's part of this process is you continue to evaluate. You continue to analyze. Not everything is as easy as what the nutshell might say that it is. And Carson Wentz very, very simply was having one of the top seasons of his career for the Indianapolis Colts. He was number it was his third best season uh in his in his career in completions, his third best season uh in 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 yardage uh thrown and his fourth season of his NFL career with seven or fewer interceptions thrown in a single season. Now, some of those seasons were injury shortened, right? So that's an impact, but he played 17 games and still threw less than eight interceptions in the season. So all those things are important. And I have to be honest, when I look at this team and I'm like, okay, we're a defensive-minded team, got some really talented running backs, JD's coming back, you still have the potential to get like maybe a Brees Hall in the NFL draft or something like that. This could become a team that doesn't necessarily revolve around Carson Wentz at the quarterback position. Again, the only question is going to be, can Carson Wentz stomach not having the team revolve around him? If he can, this could go very, very well. If Carson Wentz come in, be humble and be a role player, and just be a distributor of be, be the point guard of the team instead of the captain of the team, even though he'll probably wear a captain's patch. This could go very well. It it still doesn't mean that these these questions and concerns shouldn't be brought up. Right. And and listen, we can have all the accolades in the world. And Frank Wright basically said, look, Carson can be a top 10 quarterback. I, yeah. I think what you said makes all the sense in the world. I think it's you know largely right, if not overwhelmingly right. I think Frank Wright has a point, right? Uh of course, we have to then reconcile, why did they get rid of him so quick? And everybody's now blaming Jim Irsay. Jim Irsay, oh, he's a wild maverick. Well, that's that's <laughs> not based on the people that I've talked to, that it was just Jim Irsay. Um, yeah. One thing that I would like to add to the mix, I don't know how many people have talked about this. I don't know if we've addressed this. You know, you mentioned like the, the limited amount of interceptions, and we know there was a horrible one against uh, Tennessee that turned into a pick six late in that game uh, on a flip and under pressure in his own end zone, all that. Right. 
He did have eight fumbles and lost mm -hmm. five of them. And in yep. his final year in Philadelphia, only playing 12 games, and you know clearly everything went off the rail, he lost four of them and had 10 fumbles. So over the last two years, and therefore the last 29 games, he's had, David, 18 fumbles and lost yep. nine of them. So you do have to add that to the turnover uh, count. So Frank Wright can sit here, Ron Rivera can sit here and say, oh, he's top 10, he's this, he's that. I mean, how about this? Uh, I, you know, I found this Martin Mayhew, according to Nikki Javala. Oh, you know, Frank Reich was my former teammate in Buffalo. So we, uh, I know he's talked a lot with coach and I talked a lot with Chris Bell. Well, wait a second. If Frank, ba if Frank Reich was your former teammate in Buffalo, why wouldn't you talk to him? Why wouldn't you call Frank Reich before the trade and be like, Frank, come on, I need you to level with me. What's going on? Is this an owner play? Is this, is Carson really a bad guy? What? Why wouldn't you talk to him if he's your former teammate? Uh, it, it, it didn't make all, the whole timeline, and I hate to be negative Nancy here, the whole timeline doesn't make a whole lot of sense to me if I'm being if I'm being perfectly honest with you. Listen, they can say whatever they want. They can believe whatever they want, David. Maybe it'll work out. I hope it does. I hope, again, I've said this. I hope I'm woefully wrong. I just don't know if in this case two and two equals four all the all the way across the board like they want it to. I really don't. Yeah, my, I mean, my big thing about Frank Wright, I think he likes Carson Wentz. I think he's. I think I honestly think he is a champion of Carson Wentz. I just don't think he believes what he's selling as far as Carson's uh, potential to be a top ten NFL quarterback. But again, you got to go back to it. Washington doesn't need him to be a top ten quarterback per se. They need him to be a top fifteen, maybe even a top sixteen, just be in the top half of the league. And if the defense can get on track early and stay healthy and kind of build off of some of the good things we saw uh, later on in the season, then we can potentially get this thing going on the path that it was supposed to be going on. I would say this. Frank Wright, like you mentioned, was talking at the owners' meetings, kind of mentioned that it's unfair for Carson Wentz to be the scapegoat yep. of everything that happened in Indianapolis. I agree. This is a team sport. You win as a team, you lose as a team. Carson did right. some horrendous things that he does need to be held accountable for, but so did the rest of the team. The defense giving up a lot of points there down the stretch. Uh, is just one of them. But Frank Wright's been in the NFL a long time as a player, as a coach, as a head coach now. You know what happens when your team collapses and you move on from your quarterback unceremoniously. He's going to become the scapegoat. And even if Jim Irsay, maybe Jim Irsay is the first guy in the Colts building and said maybe we should move Carson. But Jim Irsay isn't going to move Carson Wentz unless Chris Ballard or Frank Wright are at least on board. They may not fully agree, but they're at least accepting of the move. And I find it very difficult to believe that Frank Wright would be the kind of head coach that is just going to get pushed around by his owner every which way direction, even if he loves his quarterback and is going to be forced to get rid of him, even though I just don't think Frank Wright is that guy. So, again, I love the support, and, and, and I would be more than happy for our commenters becoming in this thing in week six with a 5-1 and one or a 6-0 and oh Washington Commanders team saying, see, guys, you're changing your tune now. Absolutely. I would love for all you guys to call us out on it. But, again, these concerns do have to be addressed. They do have to be brought up. And unfortunately, we're about four months away still till we're going to really start seeing any type of evidence that we're wrong about some of these concerns. All right. Uh, good conversation there. Lots of uh, stuff to still to come from the NFL's owners meetings. Again, uh, as David mentioned, Ron Rivera scheduled to speak on Tuesday morning. So depending on when you are watching, listening this, he may have already 
uh, taken to the mic, and we'll have some of that reaction along with A.J. Francis, who uh, formerly uh, played with the then Washington Redskins, uh, also the Seattle Seahawks, also was a part of WWE until recently, as it is WrestleMania week. Uh, who will Ron Rivera be wrestling with at the NFL owners' meetings the rest of the way? Maybe it'll be Dan Snyder. Who knows? More pressure on the NFL and Dan Snyder to get everything on the table, resolve the organizational transgressions of the past, and the Buffalo Bills have swooped in with a new stadium deal that may or may not impact what happens in Washington's own stadium uh, negotiations. That is next and what we're going to get into on the Locked On Commanders podcast. And after months of playing, college basketball has determined the top teams for their final four and will determine this year's national champion this coming week. And BetOnline.net is still your number one source for all your betting needs and sports info from your latest odds, contests, and player props. You name it, they've got it. BetOnline remains the best spot for all your sports developments, including podcasts and reviews for all the leagues this season. And it's not just basketball. BetOnline is your continued source for all your sports wagering information needs, including live betting and your favorite Vegas casino games. Head to the website today or use your mobile device to learn more about the trends and the action at BetOnline, where the game starts. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. All right, Commanders fans, thanks again for making us your first listen and watch on YouTube of the day. Now make sure you're following the Locked On NFL podcast. Locked On experts covering the biggest stories around the National Football League Monday through Friday in less than 30 minutes. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. This is the Locked On Commanders podcast. Uh, along with David Harrison, you can follow David at dharrison82. Of course, read him on si.com's Fan Nation. I'm Chris Russell. Good to have you uh, with us. And uh, David, um, basically, like this is going to get a little bit tricky, so we'll try and make it as simplistic as we possibly can. As you know, we've been playing the name game for a long time, and now we're playing the stadium game, yeah. uh, probably for the next several years, if not longer. Uh, Virginia appeared to be well, well out in front, then Maryland may be caught up, as you uh, talked with Eric Flack about recently from our partner, WUSA9, and Eric's done a tremendous job of reporting on that. But uh, here's the latest via my pal, AJ Perez of frontofficesports.com, uh, who's actually at the NFL owners meetings. He wrote this, again, frontofficesports.com. Uh, uh, apparently on April 4th, which is next week, uh, the $3 billion proposed dome stadium project, not just the stadium, keep in mind that, is due to uh, be discussed and voted on potentially in a special session of the Virginia legislature. And there's all sorts of different uh, amendments to the public funding portion of it, which could reach up to $1 billion from the Commonwealth of Virginia. Now, again, that money would have to be approved by a vote. Uh, and I'm not sure if that goes like actually to their constituents or if it's just the legislature that votes. I I'm not totally sure on that process, but there's a lot of things at play here. And then there was like some speculation, and I don't know if this is an official report or not, 
that Virginia could lower their share, their input into the deal to about like 350 million, which would put a lot more onus on Dan Snyder. So here's, I guess, a way for us to discuss this. Again, it's early still in the process. Um, do you do you still feel like there's going to be one of these municipalities, whether it be Maryland, Virginia, or I guess an RFK, which I, I just don't know how that's going to happen, yeah. um, that is going to bend over basically and give Dan Snyder what he wants so that Dan Snyder doesn't have to take on a huge, huge onus uh, in terms of getting this stadium built or the stadium development plan orchestrated. Yeah, the, the the problem behind this is as much as we want this to be about governments and, and legislators and, and all these people not making life easy on someone who doesn't deserve it, and we're talking about Dan Snyder, mm-hmm. really what this boils down to, Chris, you know this as much as I do, it's jobs and it's money. Yeah. Um, it's, you know, this complex, this commander city or whatever you want to call it is going to create a bunch of jobs. It's going to create mm-hmm. a bunch of money right. um, for, for citizens. It's going to create a bunch of tax revenue for the state, for the Commonwealth, wherever it is, it's going to be a big economic deal. And the governor or the legislator or the representative or the whatever, like the, the, the community leader that gets behind, like whoever gets to put their name in the cement and say, I helped make this happen is going to be revered for it for a long, long after Dan Snyder's problems and, and name potentially is, is long forgotten. That's the bottom line on this. I think initially we're going to see some pushback. I think initially we're going to see, cause nobody likes Dan Snyder and nobody wants to see another rich guy who abuses other people in his power and position for authority, get away with it and get rewarded for any more than people already believe Dan Snyder has been rewarded to a certain extent for his activities. So I think initially you'll see some pushback. You'll see some of the drawing down of public money. You'll see some of the more you know, strict demands on a guy like Dan Snyder or the organization and all this stuff. But eventually you're going to see like one side or the other, one state or the other is going to say, like, you know what? Okay, we're still going to be strict, but we'll give a little bit here. And then the other side and say, well, we'll give a little bit too. And then the overarching detail of money and economic stimulation is going to come into play. And I'm not saying everybody's just going to lay down at Dan Snyder's feet. But hopefully by then, and that's part of this whole story, right, is that those things are going to get resolved sooner rather than later. Mm-hmm. Once those things get resolved, it's kind of like the Deshaun Watson situation. Once those things start to get resolved, you're going to see the money impact on this thing take center stage mm-hmm. more and more. I, I agree with you on a lot of that, if not all of that. Um, here's here's one thing that I just wanted to add to the mix. And again, I don't want to go into heavy politics, but you know, the no. Bills got their stadium plan approved, and it's a very different you know area of the country: Western New York, yeah. Erie County, New York State, right? But I mean, there are at least some parallels that we can draw. David, you mentioned a lot of jobs. So according to the Buffalo News, this new stadium project, which again does not include an overhead roof, a translucent roof like. Washington wants crazy. to do maybe doesn't even include the 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 stadium village like what we're talking about, yeah. which would make this you know roughly a three billion dollar project. Ten thousand jobs yeah. is what they're estimating. Ten thousand jobs, according to the Buffalo News. Want more? Um, 
The bills, according to the Buffalo News and Erie County, New York, uh, uh, politicians are worth $27 million annually to the state of New York uh, in taxes, including $19.5 million in income tax. And that's only going up as the NFL salary cap is going up $7 million in taxes in retail, hotel, gas, rental car. So when we talk about, like for all of the different things about Dan Snyder, right? And, and they are very real. When we talk about why you build a stadium, why you build a village, right? Uh, even even though it's benefiting Dan Snyder and you don't ideally want to do that, yeah. think about it's benefiting the, you know, the Commonwealth of Virginia or the state of Maryland. It's benefiting Prince George's County or Prince William County or Loudoun County, wherever they decide to go, right. it's benefiting you, jobs, construction jobs. If that place up in Orchard Park, New York, 10,000 jobs, then it's reasonable to think that what? A new commander's football village could be 15 or maybe even 20,000 oh. jobs in some way, shape, or form. Keep that in mind. Especially, um, Chris, when you yeah. consider, I mean, that Bill Stadium, that new one that they agreed to is relatively small. I think it's only like 62, 68,000. Yes. Seats and they still not putting much, a dome I, on it. Like yeah, I don't know how much bigger the commander's new stadium is going to be than that, David. Yeah. I'm thinking probably seating capacity no more than 65. And what they're yeah. going to do is, and the Bills' new stadium will have this too. Uh, apparently, the Bills' new stadium will have about 4,000 or so standing room only party deck. Right. I hear. I, I, I'm. I'm thinking. I don't want to guarantee anything. I'm thinking this stadium, wherever it gets built for the Commanders, is going to have five thousand plus standing room only seats, party decks, uh, yeah. modified seating sections. Because think about it: a lot of people want the high end amenities. A lot of people don't want to be sitting in those tight, rigid old stadium types, and they'll be new. No, uh, but those tight, rigid stadium seats, they want different experiences. So keep that in mind when we talk about overall capacity uh, and so on. So uh, the Bills the, the Bills situation will be interesting to kind of mirror to the Washington commanders. Uh, a lot more talk on that, of course, uh, to come in. The well, I have a question, Chris. Yeah. So you, you are familiar with the Buffalo area. Obviously, I think more so than I am. I'm familiar yep. with the Buffalo area due to my time uh, in upstate New York. Do you think the NFL has just told Buffalo, like, you're never getting a Super Bowl? That's why they yeah. just – because yeah. even if you put a dome on the stadium, you're still talking February in Buffalo. Like, the Correct. chance of getting a flight into Buffalo, getting all Correct. the media into Buffalo, the celebrities in and out of Buffalo. Correct. Like, even a dome – like, a dome stadium is just part of the equation. So I think they've been told, you're not getting a Super Bowl. So Buffalo's like, well, we might as well keep the open-air atmosphere – that we're known for unless there was no way that they could even come close to getting the financial uh package together because think about it a dome stadium even a translucent dome which is what yeah. they're talking about which is what sofi stadium has you know we're talking about another what seven hundred fifty thousand, maybe close to a billion dollars yeah. i think ultimately in final cost so maybe that was part of it uh, but i do believe right e even though they went to minnesota and the and that new stadium long ago i do believe that was part uh, yeah. of it oh by the way Washington. Washington, the city of Washington lost to Detroit mm. the rights to host the 2024 NFL draft. So another whew, 
slap in the face yeah. to Dan Snyder. If and you I, want to, I will not be going to the 2024 NFL draft. <laughs> <I'll tell you. laughs> All right. Coming up next, Eric Crocker, our colleague from uh, here at locked on has a new mock draft, two quarterbacks, not one, two going in the first 10 picks. And who does the Washington commanders select at number 11? That is next. This episode is brought to you by our friends at rock auto and RockAuto.com. You know, whether you have an old car, a new car, whether you have a foreign or domestic, you're going to need parts, whether it be vanity or a major repair somewhere along the line. If you're a do-it-yourselfer and you want to do it at a fair and convenient price and you don't want to waste your time getting roped around by the big auto parts superstore, well, we have a perfect suggestion for you. And again, that is our partners at Rock Auto and rockauto.com. Why spend 30 50 or 100% more for the same auto parts? from a chain store or a car dealership. That's another point, right? Save money at rockauto.com. Get a great experience. And when you go to rockauto.com, which you should do right now, especially if you need a part for your car or truck, which maybe you do, see all the parts available for said car or truck and write locked on in there. How did you hear about us, Box? So they know locked on sent you. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever, ever, ever need. Trust us, rockauto.com. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Segment three here at the Locked On Commanders Podcast. David Harrison and Chris Russell on Twitter at DHarrison82 at WrestleMania61. The show at LO Commanders. Yesterday was Mock Draft Monday. But we had so much fun doing it, we had to do it again. Mock Draft Tuesday, Eric Crocker of the Locked On NFL Draft podcast dropping his latest mock. And Chris, going over the top five, we got the Jacksonville Jaguars taking Aiden Hutchinson, the Detroit Lions taking Malik Willis, the Houston Texans taking Kayvon Thibodeau, the New York Jets taking Trevon Walker, and the New York Giants taking Evan Neal. So three edge rushers, a pass protector, and a passer. But bottom line, passing is king. In the NFL, you either got to be able to do it or stop it, preferably both. Uh, and then, like you said, two corners going in in the top 10 there. And then the uh, Washington Commanders get Jamison Williams, former Ohio State Buckeyes wide receiver turned, Alabama Crimson Tide wide receiver turned, ACL surgery repair prospect. Yeah, so there's a couple of things here. One, there's been this rumor now that Malik Willis is going to the Lions at number two. David, I don't know about you. That would still surprise me. I think yeah. that would be still too yeah. much of a reach for the Lions, but uh, we we know the quarterback position. We know his high-end ceiling. Uh, and the Lions are going to be on hard knocks, so if you want to see Malik Willis on hard knocks, which I know I do, but – There you go. There you go. Stretch. Good point. Um, but, but, again, I still think that's too rich in my opinion, but yeah. I, I've been wrong before, especially about the quarterback position. Uh, yeah. and, and I would say this. To me – there's no way the Panthers at six bypass on Kenny Pickett, right? You wouldn't think unless they hate Kenny Pickett and don't like Kenny Sam Darnold. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. So, so, I mean, there you go with the top 10, right? And, and Ahmad Gardner, Sauce Gardner, 
goes at number nine to the Seahawks. So that brings us to number 11. With a couple of quarterbacks off the board, again, uh, guys like Derek Stingley Jr. would be available in this particular case. But even like uh, the Trayvon Walkers and the Jermaine Johnsons, where you say, well, we don't need a defensive end pass rusher. Yes, you do. You need. You always need more help in that area. Well, they would be gone. So really, you're looking at, again, wide receiver being the primary match kind of need, because I'm not a Stingley fan, right? So yeah. Jamison Williams would make sense from a need area, but I'm curious what you think. He might be, when healthy, the best receiver in the draft, but can they afford to take another guy coming off of a significant injury when you already have the mess that was, is Curtis Samuel, and you have Logan Thomas coming off of a torn ACL, suffered in early December. Can you afford to do that, even if you think Jamison Williams is the best talent in the draft? No. Or at the position? No, not not to me. You can't. You know what I mean. And again, you know that's going to matter very limited when it comes to the war room. But to me, you've got one year to make Carson Wentz make sense. You know mm -hmm. what I mean. And that's this year. So if you believe that Carson Wentz could actually be your guy, because you do have him under contract for the next two seasons. Now you have him under contract with no dead money, so you have an easy out if you need it. But if you want a, an opportunity to make Carson Wentz work, then you've got to have weapons on the field. And again. You look at this and you evaluate this from a stance of what you know. What you know is that Jamison Williams, Williams is coming off of an ACL injury. Curtis Williams is, or Curtis Samuel is coming off of a season of, I mean, just just injury after injury, setback after setback. Logan Thomas is coming. You can't add to that mix if, if you're me. You can't add mm -hmm. to that mix. You either go with Garrett Wilson out of Ohio State, who's a healthy top tier wide receiver prospect, or you go with Kyle Hamilton and you boost your secondary and your defense to help Carson Wentz not have to put up 25 points a game. Or, which is probably my preferred option, honestly, you trade back to about 18, 20, maybe. You gain yourself some more picks this year. Maybe you gain another pick. Maybe you get a third this year and a sixth next year to move back uh, you know, a handful of spots. And you either get the second or third receiver off the board, or maybe you get Andrew Boo Jr. out of Clemson, or you get Devontae Wyatt out of Georgia, or you do whatever you want to do to bolster one of those premium positions. But you don't, in my opinion, take a player in the top 15 that may very well contribute to already. I mean, you're already sitting here saying without injuries, we were a playoff team. What are you going to say in 2023? Well, without injuries, including the one we drafted, we would have been able that excuse is only going to fly so long. Be real interesting to see at 11 if Kyle Hamilton's on the board still, if they trade down or yeah. not, or, or decide not to take him. Yeah. Just Which here he trade. is. He's on the board here. Me, right. I take him. Right. I, I don't know how much so they love I, Bobby probably. McCain. But yes. me, I take Kyle Hamilton a lot. So would I probably. Thanks again, guys, for making the Locked On Commanders podcast your first listen and watch if you're watching on YouTube of the day. Now make your second listen, watch, and listen and watch uh, the Locked On NFL Draft podcast with Ryan Tracy and the aforementioned former NFL corner Eric Crocker. They bring the NFL Draft to life each and every day with insight uh, and analysis on college football prospects and NFL front offices. It's free and available wherever you get your podcast. All right. We're a little bit backlogged with voicemails. David is going to get to them uh, in uh, his next episode, which is going to be on Thursday. Uh, I'll be solo with you. AJ Francis, former Redskin, former NFL defensive lineman, former WWE superstar, going to be uh, with us for the next edition, or at least he's scheduled, I should say, as we talk uh, NFL and WrestleMania, baby. Uh, if you have a question or a topic you want to get in, locked 
Arkansas Washington Commanders at gmail.com. Or if you want to hop in on that voicemail, 301-615-3577. For David Harrison, who is covering the Washington Commanders. For SI.com's Fan Nation, I'm Chris Russell, one half of the Russell and Medher Show on the Team 980 and the Odyssey app. If you're out and about, please be safe, be kind to one another. Don't you dare drive like a maniac, especially if the weather's bad, which it has been. And thank you for joining us right here on the Locked On Commanders Podcast. Hey, Prime members, you can listen to this Locked On podcast ad-free on Amazon Music. Download the Amazon Music app today. Is your team eliminated from the playoffs and in need of reinforcements? Maybe it's time for a rebuild, or maybe they're just a player or two away from taking home the Lombardi Trophy. Either way, join Keith Sanchez and Damian Parson for Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. They'll tell you which college football stars your team will be taking in the 2024 NFL Draft. Check out Mock Draft Monday on the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day.